Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Joe Biden talks about the economy today. I don't know if he made anybody feel better when he talks about build back better. Pressures in the economy. And two of the leading rating agencies, not, not, you know, liberal think tanks, two of the leading rating agencies on Wall Street confirmed this month that my plan will not add to inflationary pressures. I don't know who believes it. By the way, that is President Biden. Uh, he says he's got a cold, got it from his grandson. I'll take him at his word. Why not? What am I supposed to do? Diagnose the man? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. The jobs numbers are not with him when it comes to uh, a good bit of uh, economic news. They want to claim unemployment is down uh, to 4.2%. That's lovely. But the jobs numbers missed Expecting 573,000, hitting 210,000. That's what actually got created in the month of November. Congressman Jim Banks joins us right now. He is from the Indiana 3rd District. That is the northeast area of Indiana. And, uh, sir, uh, before we get into uh, the funding of government uh, through through February and where you are on that, uh, you heard uh, the, the president today through the cold saying that unemployment is down, uh, the economy is getting back there, and we did this all thanks to Democrats. Your take? Well, Tony, it's not just the president who's unhealthy uh, today. It's the economy. Uh, These inflation numbers have have, uh, greatly affected the jobs numbers as well. So we're not just just seeing historic inflation, but we've gone back in time to the anemic uh, uh, economic uh, uh, growth of the of the Obama era that, that we're seeing repeat itself in the Biden era, if not worse, with inflation on top of it. So it's deeply disappointing. Um, it's not, it, but it, but at the same time, it's, it's exactly what we expected with these jobs numbers, even though they were inflating expectations. The jobs numbers speak for themselves. The the Biden economy is disastrous, and it's not going to get it's not going to get better anytime uh, soon with these uh, policies that they're pushing. Uh, the the unemployment rate going down to 4.2% when you see your constituents in, in, in the Fort Wayne area, uh, for example, uh, what, what do you t- how do you explain that to them when you see that top line number? We're told to condition train to take a look uh, at uh, the, the unemployment rates, 4.2%. That means things are going in the right direction. How do you explain it to them? Yeah, Tony, I don't, I don't have to explain it to them. They, they, my, my constituents know that uh, there, it's a lot harder to make ends meet today than it was a year ago. I mean, they they see it uh, firsthand. The, the the inflation figures, they feel it. They see it every time they go to the grocery store, every time they fill up their gas at the gas pump, anytime they purchase anything at all, they see that they see that higher cost is eating into their their income, which they're at the same time their income is not going up, and uh, they're they're not able to go find a better paying job because there aren't better paying jobs available in in the economy. So. It's just it's it's uh, it's what is at the same time fueled the, the historic low levels of of approval and popularity of this very unpopular president, Joe Biden, because the American people are feeling the effects firsthand of his disastrous policies. 
Talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District. Uh, you opposed the continuing resolution. You were not in favor of funding uh, the federal government uh, through February. It's done. Talk to me about how that went uh, down just yesterday, and what was your opposition? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's disappointing, Tony. We, had, we only had one uh, Republican who's not really a Republican, Adam Kinzinger, vote for the CR in the House. I think there, I think there were a dozen or more Republicans in the Senate, who who went along with Chuck Schumer and struck a deal with with uh, the Democrats in the in the late hour uh, yesterday to fund uh, this CR, which just kicks the can down the road. It continues to fund the Biden agenda. Uh, it continues to fund the the, the the Biden vaccine mandates, the lax border laws. It continues to to fund the Biden agenda that's fueled inflation uh, at, at historic rates. So I don't know why Repu- I don't know why, why any Republican would go along with it and fund. The government, even if just just for uh, a couple of more months, because you're funding the Biden agenda when you when you vote for a CR like this one. So well, only one Republican in the again, Adam Kinziger, if you still count him as a Republican, he's the only Republican in the House who voted for it uh, yet early yesterday. And uh, we'll be right back at this point when we co- when we come back after the holiday recess and uh, and deal with uh, these issues again when the when the CR runs out. So. At the one end of the, of the day, people, leadership. Go ahead. I was going to say one of the people who disagreed with you and can't understand the Republican position is Congressman Tim Ryan, Democrat from Ohio. I don't. You you may have been on the floor when this happened. I want to make sure people heard this. And we dominated the industry: steel, glass, aerospace, and now. We're hearing from the other side, shut government down, don't do anything, we don't want to be an honest broker. Tyranny? What are you people talking about? We're talking about universal preschool. And they have it as a communist indoctrination of the American uh, student. It's insane. So the question before us, Congressman Banks, is why do you hate children? Uh, It is insane. I mean, Tim Ryan is running for Senate uh, in Ohio, so of course he's over the top and theatrical every time he takes the microphone on the on the House uh, floor. But the fact of the matter is we have twenty nine trillion dollars in, in a national debt, uh, Tony, and passing a CR for a couple more months just kicks the can down the road and continues to grow the national debt at the same levels that it's already grown. We've never been in we've never been in this poor shape financially as a country as our, what we are right now because of the spending bills that this administration has pushed over the last uh, 12 months, and it's going to get worse because of this CR. Now, at the, also, Tony, at, uh, something that's not getting a lot of attention is that at the last minute, they tucked in $7 billion for the unvetted Afghan refugees into the spending bill. I mean, the majority of these uh, of these Democrats and the few Republicans who voted for this CR never, they didn't support our, our troops in Afghanistan, but they support $7 billion for funding for for, for resettlement of uh, Afghan refugees in the United States. A lot of these Democrats are the same ones who wouldn't go along and help fund Trump's border wall for about half of that amount of money, but they are willing to pay seven, $7 billion for the Afghan uh, uh, refugees. It just goes to show you how out of touch these Democrats are, how dangerous their policies are, and what they're doing to drive up the national debt even further is not sustainable for our country.
Let's take a turn in this conversation. Uh, we've had you on the show a million times. I have uh, met with you uh, off the air. I, I, I enjoy you. I, en- I enjoy your politics. I, I enjoy hearing your mind uh, at, at work, and, and I always appreciate the kindness. Uh, but I never, ever, ever, ever allow that in my private life or my public life uh, to not let me do my job. So I've got two subjects. Uh, that require, I believe, from you uh, some kind of understanding. The first is that uh, the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, uh, he has decided that they, you, the Republicans, will be engaging your own investigation of January 6th. You were uh, selected to be on that original committee. Uh, it was Speaker Pelosi who said you weren't good enough. Jim Jordan wasn't good enough. You said Republicans at the direction of Leader McCarthy are conducting our own investigation. I can't go into many specifics of what we've done or what we are doing, but I will tell you that we will be releasing our findings publicly in the future. Uh, Congressman, um, what in the bloody hell is the point of this? Well, the, the, the point is important. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, the reason that she kicked me off the committee, Tony, is because Jim Jordan and I, from the outset, once Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader, appointed us to be the two, two Republicans, myself, the Republican leader on the January 6th committee, she kicked us off because we were asking the obvious question that she didn't want this committee to cover. And that's why was there a systemic breakdown of security at the United States Capitol on January 6th? We had the, the, the top leader of the Capitol Police Union, who represents the the 95 percent of the Capitol Police officers, the rank and file of the Capitol Police, he came to us and told us that they weren't prepared for what would happen that day. They weren't equipped. They didn't have equipment. They, they, they weren't properly equipped for what they were going to experience that day, and they weren't trained for what was going to happen on January 6th. That's deeply troubling to me. And the fact that the January 6th committee that, that Nancy Pelosi and, and Liz Cheney are spearheading has no interest in the security breakdown and failures at the Capitol on January 6th, and instead has focused all of their attention on a political witch hunt against Trump administration officials and Republicans who they disagree with. They've turned this into a political witch hunt. That's what this is all about. All their subpoenas, almost all of them, almost all the subpoenas that they've unconstitutionally and unlawfully um, executed against uh, 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 those related to their their investigation are against those who were engaged in a lawful and permitted protest um, at uh, in Washington D.C. on January 6th. They're not targeted at uh, anything related to fixing the breakdown of security, the, the the lack of leadership at the Capitol that led to what what happened that day. So we're taking our investigation in the in a in a different and I would argue a much more productive uh, direction, and that's fixing security failures and breakdowns at the Capitol and holding those responsible for allowing January 6th to happen. We had we had uh, intelligence dating weeks before January 6th telling us that something dangerous could happen that day, but that intelligence was never shared with the rank-and-file members of the Capitol Police who were on hand to try to prevent a disaster, prevent the, the riot from occurring and the violence from occurring on January 6th. So will your report is, will your report say uh, co- well engage in conversations about guilt even if it doesn't look good for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're 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 conducting interviews of Capitol police officers, whistleblowers who were on hand that day, others who have come forward that the January 6th committee doesn't want to they don't want to they don't want to have those conversations because it diverts attention away from their political witch hunt. We're having productive conversations. And at the same time, Tony, this is about, this is a policy matter. I mean, let's do our job as 
uh, as uh, members of Congress are looking at ways that we can reform the way the security is is uh, governed, uh, the leadership of security at the Capitol, how the Capitol Police Leadership Board operates, and in other ways to make it not a political entity, but make it a, 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 law, enfor- a, a law enforcement uh, public safety entity that is supposed to be to prevent another January 6th from happening. So we're having a ve- we have a pr- very productive investigation of our own that's ongoing and uh, and also looking at, at policy recommendations or legislation that we can introduce at the end of the day while the Democrats have taken this in a wholly uh, different direction. Now let me take you to the second one. I will tell you, sir, talking to Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District, I have gotten so many emails and questions literally stopped uh, in, in, at events and on the street in the last 24 hours. What in the world is this? Sir, it's called H.R. 550, the Immunization Infrastructure Modernization Act of 2021. As it is described in, a, in, a, in the vernacular, this is a vaccine database. And it has passed the not- House... 80 Republicans, hold on, 80 Republicans voted for it. I believe you are one of the people. In the vernacular, it is indeed referred to as a vaccine database. The question is, what is this thing? I want you to take the time to explain what it is and why you voted for it. Yeah, it it doesn't create a vaccine database at all. In fact, if you read the bill, uh, nowhere in the bill does it create a vaccine database. Tony, there are already databases at the state level. In Indiana, we have myvaxindiana.in.gov. I mean, that's a, that's a database that already exists at the state level. And in the bill, the reason that I voted for it is because the bill actually creates privacy restrictions on who can get information from those databases. It also provides cyber protection, so for, it's harder for foreign governments to come in, like China, and, 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 and attack these databases. I don't want China to know what I've been vaccinated against. Um, I also don't want any government officials to know what I've been vaccinated for or against. So this provides privacy protections. It does not create a federal vaccination database. In fact, it explicitly does the opposite and provides funding for modernization of databases at the state level to protect them, address privacy concerns, it's, it's Larry Bouchon, Dr. Larry Bouchon's bill uh, from Indiana. And Larry came to me and said, hey, there are some conservatives out there who have, who have only read the title of the bill, haven't taken the time to read the entire bill. Here's what it actually does. Here's what it doesn't do. The bill doesn't have anything to do with vaccine mandates. It doesn't create a federal database. It doesn't create personal uh, vaccine tracking systems. All the stuff that some of the misreporting about the bill have, have accused it for doing um, I, I would I would tell anyone who has concerns about the bill to go go read the bill, read, read the bill and and show me what your concerns are after reading the bill. I think once you read the bill, you'll realize that it's not what you think it is. So H.R. 550 is not the creation of a database. Absolutely not. Remember, these databases already exist at the state level and no one at the federal level can access databases at the state level. So. But what it does do is grant resources for modernization of these state databases. Another compelling reason why I voted for it, as Dr. Bouchon can articulate as well, is if there's a for, for those of you like me who are against vaccine mandates, if there is a bad batch of Pfizer vaccines that is released in southwest Indiana, uh, it aggregates the data so we can go out and find the bad batches and, and get them out of the system so that people aren't harmed by them. So it doesn't track 
people. It aggregates data to follow uh, uh, vaccinations, not not just for COVID, but if we ever endure something like what we've endured over the over the last couple of years, we want to be better prepared for that in the future. I'm I'm a conservative. Tony, if this bill would have created a federal vaccination database, I would have voted against it. But it doesn't do that. And and, and the, some of the misrepresentation of the bill is just it's false. And the, if, and, and I've taken even after you know, after I voted for it, after listening to Dr. Bouchon again, who it's his bill, he explained to me why it was important as a doctor, what it what it doesn't do, what it does do. And, and I and I thought it was a, a worthy, a worthy uh a bill to vote for. I went back and reread it a second time, and I'm even more convinced after rereading it that this is a worthy cause to support these state um, efforts like MyVax Indiana at the state level and, and the protections that are in the bill that didn't exist before that make it that may, that, that prevent uh, anyone in government from access, accessing a vaccine database. That's really important to me as well. We will get into more of these conversations, but I I appreciate you taking the time today and breaking that one down. Congressman Jim Banks of the Indiana 3rd District. You can follow him on uh, the the Twitter box, and you you should do that. Rep. Jim Banks, B-A-N-K-S. Sir, always a pleasure. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz. Kamala Harris has lost two more staffers. Um, this isn't healthy. You lose Simone Sanders. Now you lose two more. Seems that nobody wants to work with the vice president. I would tell you that I think it is normal that people leave. I think it's the kind of thing that happens time and again and again. When it happened in the Trump administration, it was written about as front page news Every single time it took place, absolutely every time, there had to be some story about, oh my gosh, somebody else has left the Trump White House. My goodness gracious, why won't anybody stay? Who wants to work with this crazy man? Can we be clear that Kamala Harris can't keep people? Her director of press operations and the deputy director of uh, Office of Public Engagement and intergovernmental affairs are leaving. Simone Sanders, who was uh, the the voice for her, has now left. Don't deny what is. It's a pretty foolhardy thing to do. She is not somebody people want to be around. No one has faith that she can do the job, that she's up to the task. No one, because she's not, and she's a terrible leader. I'm Tony Katz. So there's a rumor going around about Senator Sinema, Kirsten Sinema, Arizona. And I got to tell you, it's just absolutely spectacular. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It is good to be with you on Facebook. Tony Katz Radio, the phone number 833-468-8255. 
866-987-8669-833. Got Tony. That phone number is going to come in very handy in just a couple of minutes. The rumor is, is that Senator Cinema on her phone, uh, you know, like, like, like people can have, they have ringtones. And one of the ringtones on her phone is this. You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. <laughs> You're gonna need congressional approval and you don't have the votes. The senator from Arizona who has not voted for Build Back Better wouldn't vote for $3.5 trillion and may not vote for $1.75 trillion has the lyrics from Hamilton, you don't have the votes. That's her ringtone. That's just, that's unbelievable. And fantastic in every single way. I only hope that that's the case. You know, CNN uh, reported, so you never know. I only hope that's the case. Now, it's been a long time. I don't play this game often. And I usually don't play this game on things that are of the gravity of what we're about to share. But I had to because what I'm about to share with you, the one, two, three punch of audio is so impossible, unbelievable, cringeworthy, and horrific, yet so completely 2021. I figured the if I shared them one at a time, we'd all go mad. Maybe, maybe the absurdity of the insanity can remind us, thank goodness, we're not like them. It's time to play. And now, it's time for everybody's newest game show. What's more pathetic? It's a show where we take more than one pathetic thing, compare them, and you decide what's more pathetic. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's your host, Mr. Tony Katz. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Uh, We are playing America's favorite game, What's More Pathetic. I do not have one. I do not have two. I have three audio clips to share with you. I will set them up. I will play them. And then you will decide what's more pathetic. And as always, the winner gets a brand new car. Not really. But it's you, you, you get bragging rights, and I think that should matter. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. Twitter, at Tony Katz. You can email me, Tony, at TonyKatz.com. Are you ready? Let us play. I'll start, I'll start with something easy there, Producer Ari. I'll start with something that's nice and, and, and light and, and simple, and it's, it's Joy Behar uh, explaining what it is that conservatives don't understand about abortion. Yeah. Yeah. And now I am fearful about yeah. Roe v. Wade. You know, if you, if, you think, if you watch America, which I like to watch America and I watch television a lot, it's a very interesting schism that goes on here because on the one hand, sex sells everywhere. I mean, you can't see an aspirin commercial without somebody having sex. Mm-hmm. You cannot turn on any program, especially on Except streaming, where people are having <laughs> this, this soft porn everywhere now. Right. They encourage all of that. It sells everything. Sex sells 
12. Yeah. And yet when it comes to the reality of pregnancy, <laughs> this particular group of people on the right in this country and these religious zealots do not understand the reality of what happens when you have sex. It's almost like they don't want to see that part. They just want to see the yeah. fun in the bed, yeah. not the second part. Well, it's the conservatives who are the ones who are pro-life are the ones who don't see the second part, which is the making of the baby? Oh, come on. On any other day, that is hands down the winner of what's more pathetic. But this is not any other day, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh, no. That's only the start. The second clip is... Jen Psaki. Now, you may have heard this already, but it was so absolutely pathetic, it had to be added to the list. It was Peter Ducey asking the question about rioting. What's happening with this mass looting of stores of Nordstrom's and of Home Depot and of, of Louis Vuitton in Chicago and other places? I actually saw this happen from one person in Indianapolis, Indiana. I saw them steal from the TJ Maxx coming out of it. Or they were right in front of it. They had a handful of clothes with hangers and tags, throwing them into their tan uh, uh, SUV. It was either Tahoe or Blazer, uh, late 80s, early 90s, and took off. That's what happened. So Jen Psaki has asked the question from Peter Ducey. So when a huge group of criminals organizes themselves and they want to go loot a store, a CVS, a Nordstrom, a Home Depot, until the shelves are clean, do you think that's because of the pandemic? I think a root cause in a lot of communities is the pandemic, yes. Go ahead. So when a huge group of... Who believes that the root cause of a bunch of people getting together to steal from a Home Depot is the pandemic. No one, no rational person does this. But if you can't accept the fact that progressive policies and progressive culture have led people to think that, after all, they're owed these things, it doesn't matter it's a victimless crime. It doesn't matter if they have insurance. It doesn't matter they have, they're oppressing you anyway. Well, what do you think you're going to get? So Jen Psaki is on the list, and you say to me, but Tony, you've got Joy Behar and you've got Jen Psaki. It is not possible for you to find anything else more pathetic, is there? Is there an, actually a way for you to find something more pathetic? Well, of course there is. I would never let you down. Enter Alec Baldwin. Now I'm going to tell you what you're about to hear is so criminally insane I can't take it. I thought Joy Behar's commentary is criminally insane. I think Jen Psaki is one of the great liars in American history. But Alec Baldwin did an interview on ABC with George Stephanopoulos talking about the shooting that took place on the set of the movie Rust where he killed Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer. And of course, you heard... What was said in the in the in the trailer, you heard that he claims Oh, sorry, just the music is so exciting. He claims he didn't pull the trigger. 
It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. What did you think happened? How did a real bullet get on that set? I have no idea. Someone put a live bullet in a gun, a bullet that wasn't even supposed to be on the property. And we all said he didn't pull the trigger. Now it is, as Stephen Gutowski over at the Reload, uh, Reload.com uh, explained, it's certainly possible, based on the firearm and based on how it was, was constructed, that it could happen that a, a, a projectile could be fired w- w- without uh, pulling of the trigger. But what are the odds? And now what, what he, he actually cocked the hammer. Oh, okay. Well, now there's a lot more to the story. Oh, no. Oh, no, you haven't heard anything yet. Look, if you're driving hands on 10 and 2, if you're at home, a be around nothing breakable, this is from the interview with George Stephanopoulos. I feel that there is, I feel that, that, that uh, someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. Do I have to play it again? Do I have to play it again to make sure everybody got that got that right? Sure. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll play it again. I feel that there is. I, I feel that 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 uh, someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. Somebody did it. Somebody murdered Helena Hutchins, but it wasn't him, and he followed up. What do we come out of it? What changes can be made? Because where you have a person where, where, as I said, this is one in a billion that someone puts a real bullet in the gun. That never happens. And the idea that a real bullet was in that gun and would come out of that gun and kill that woman, that, that was not even in the realm of possibility. And that's the thing that they must find out is where, who brought bullets onto the set? Really taking no responsibility for being the person with the firearm. Taking no responsibility at all. Now, you might say to me, well, Tony, the way you built that up, that's got to be it. But wait a second. Joy Behar thinks that the conservative, the pro-life people don't understand that the, the fun is for the creation of life. I'm not saying it isn't fun. Oh, oh, it's, uh, it's fun. Yes, yes, yes. And then Jen Psaki excusing violence. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pandemic. What are you going to do? The destruction of people's businesses and of people's lives. And then uh, you have Alec Baldwin, who took a life saying, no, nah, wasn't me. So those are your three choices. You can let me know uh, on, on, on Twitter, at Tony Katz. Uh, oh, you you can go to to, uh, to uh, Parlor at Tony Katz as well. You can email me, Tony, TonyKatz.com, or you can call in 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. What's more pathetic? I'll have that for you. Coming up, keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. Australia, not a free nation. There's a woman by the name of Haley Hodgson. 
She's 26. She just got released from a 14-day detention at a quarantine facility in Australia. I mean, they took her from her home. They took her from her home, and this is her having a conversation in one of the makeshift huts, basically, with a doctor who's in full gown and a mask and gloves. What's what's the guy? So this, I'm going to give you a warning, yeah? It's an official warning that you have to stand above and obey the rules while you get, yeah? And that's, we have to go to the rules again. I don't care. So am I allowed to go to the laundry? You're allowed to go to the laundry, but you've got to wear a mask, yeah? Yeah, righto. And you definitely can't go up to fencing rails, but you're allowed to go to the laundry, yeah? That's always been the case, yeah? Right, so if I was sitting just here, which is right near the fence, why are these guys in a cabin that's right near the fence? It makes no sense, does it? Yeah, but you can't leave your balcony to go to the fence to talk to somebody else. That's just obvious, yeah? So if I was at that balcony... Make sense. So there's, we always say there has to be lines everywhere drawn, yeah? And one of the lines is you cannot leave your balcony and you cannot go to someone else. Where it makes no sense or it doesn't seem right to you, that is the line, and that's what the law is there, yeah? and that's how it goes, yeah? The law. What a show direction. There's a law that says show that. direction, yep. There's a show direction, yeah? And how the behaviour must be done, especially in this area, because it's much more highly infectious lucky to have infected people, yeah? Highly infectious when all of us people are negative. So, so far, the risk is still very high, yeah? Forced into a, a cabin, you can't even leave the balcony. Not a free society. And they shouldn't be proud of it. They should be embarrassed and disgusted. And I only hope the people of Australia continue to rise up and rise up aggressively. It's if you if you think Australia is doing the right thing, please just let me know so I can drop you from the Christmas card list. Now, we were playing our game, people. What's more pathetic? And I ask you, what's more pathetic? Is it the one and only Joy Behar saying that religious people don't seem to understand what happens after sex do not understand the reality of what happens when you have sex it's almost like they don't want to see that part they just want to see the fun in the bed not the second part right because conservatives don't actually believe in the family or is it Jen Psaki who believes that the looting going on is all caused by COVID so when a huge group of criminals organizes themselves and they want to go loot a store, a CVS, an Nordstrom, a Home Depot, until the shelves are clean. Do you think that's because of the pandemic? I think a root cause in a lot of communities is the pandemic, yes. Or is it Alec Baldwin saying, yeah, a woman got killed, but it wasn't me, even though I was holding the gun? I feel that there is, I, I feel that, that, that uh, someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. That, these are our contestants. And now the question is, what's more pathetic? And uh, as always, we go to producer Ari. Oh, he Lord. gets uh, to make his vote before I let you know what's more pathetic. Producer Ari, what is it? Uh, it's, I'm going with Alec Baldwin. Why Alec Baldwin? I 
one, I think it's in very poor taste to be doing this interview at all on television. And, and two, even if by some, this was some act of God, the gun just happened to go off and you happened to be holding the trigger, it absolutely wasn't your fault. For you not even to take a little bit of responsibility and a little bit of guilt is not only pathetic, it's sociopathic. Like, that's nuts. You can't possibly be that callous. Well, producer Ari, I, I would love for you to be right, but you are wrong. What's most pathetic is indeed Joy Behar. Because Joy Behar has never once thought about anything she's saying. It just sounded good to her. She made that up on the spot and never once took her own mind and engaged any kind of level of intellectual rigor. See, Jen Psaki is a paid liar. When it comes to Alec Baldwin, well, you're right. That's sociopathic. I think it's more sociopathic than psychopathic. That is a diseased mind. I know someone's to blame, but it wasn't me, even though I was holding the gun, and odds are I did hit the trigger. I mean, I cocked the thing. Good Lord. Anybody who works on a movie with that guy is out of their minds. The, the, the mental instability there is strong. It's not, it's not pathetic. It's scary.